do you struggle with doubt um, in your faith and you walk with Jesus? You start that. <laughs> I will say yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. All your doubts yeah. are... Well, you don't have doubts, but I have doubts. Oh, man, do I have doubts. I, I So I have two paintings in my office. I've shown you my new... Uh, I painted my office, but then I also got a couple of different artwork. I am, I am steering away from the war theme um, that has dominated my life um, for a long dun, time. Dun, dun. Yeah. Um, more on that. We'll, we'll talk about that in another episode of, of why God was doing that in me, but it struck me because they're both classical paintings. One's by Rembrandt, one's by Caravaggio. Uh, the Caravaggio one is the incredulity of Thomas incredulous. Like he's a nice way of saying the moment (laughs) where he was doubting, um, and then the other one is The Storm on the Sea of Galilee by Rembrandt. And it struck me that both stories deal with doubt. And I was just mm. like, how about that? Those are the two paintings I pick for my office. Because um, I would also say it's not just that I think they're cool. I think they represent my walk with the Lord. Uh, the Rembrandt one mm. is is awesome because it's it's just magnificent because it's Rembrandt. This this the boat is being tossed, um, and Jesus. It's the moment just after they've awakened him, and they're all asking, "Don't you care about us? Why are you? You know, <laughs> you're just sleeping away, and we're dying here. Don't you care about us?" And Rembrandt painted himself into the painting, uh, looking at the audience, and he's he's gripping this rope he's holding his hand on his head um trying to keep his hat on and he has this look of oh bleep <laughs> it's just <laughs> i mean it really is like he's and i was like i love this so much because it represents me and then the other one is with thomas you know jesus offering his side it lisa thinks it's gross um because it, you actually see him putting his finger in the side of Jesus uh, you do too it t- sounds like i love it i don't know why yes yes i, it, I do it's just not like um it, it's caravaggio which i i think he you know he was one of the masters but i feel like thomas probably was like okay <laughs> let me see that let me let me check it out jesus was clearly offering not to be gross but here are my Look at my hands. Look at my side. Mm-hmm. And so that's a long way to say yes. And absolutely do I struggle through doubting. Um, I have some personal examples, but now I'm going to kick it back to you. I'll share some personal examples in a minute. Talk about your doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely... Um, different phases or expressions of doubts, depending on whatever circumstance I'm in, in the middle of, you know, so it's like, I think in a lot of ways, the doubt of, is God real has, mm-hmm. has dissipated, even though every now and then a little, <laughs> a little thought will go like, really, is this it? You know, like, especially when you are confronted with tragedy or mm-hmm injustice and things in this world were like, man, God, you're loving, you're good. I I can't make one plus one equal two in this situation. So 
it's like the the temptation to doubt is present in that yeah. moment. But like we said last time, it's like doubt is nothing but a a catalyst or a catapult to either belief or unbelief. So it's kind of in a way kind of neutral because doubt can only exist because there's belief. Um, but man, for sure, for sure. Especially when like that, that's one of my favorite um, pictures is the the one there with um, Rembrandt. But mm-hmm. that is, I love it. I, the, it is the, he put himself in the story. Yeah. He, he, isn't it true that he like put himself in almost every painting? I think so. Yeah. Like, but you're I like, feel like, you I like remember paint yourself, that? man. <laughs> but he had so many yeah. religious themed, um, the prodigal mm-hmm. son is probably one of the most famous ones. I don't think he put himself in that one necessarily. Uh, but I feel like obviously was, he, like, put, um, he put his heart into these subject matters the, for sure as well. Yeah. And, and that's where like, I, I go, yes, it's, it's when you're in the storm, like mm-hmm. when the waves are crashing, that's yeah. when doubt seems to be more real mm-hmm. than faith. Yeah. I agree with you that it's when you feel, it's when the, the water hits your face and you taste the salt in your mouth and the wind is just blowing you like where you can't even stand up. And it's, do you have those, I, I have Maybe they're prayers. I think they're prayers because they're directed at the Lord, but they're kind of interesting conversations. They're not, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, <laughs> help, me, help me to be strong in this moment. Uh-uh. It, it is, what is going on? Like, the, oh, great. Like, I've ha- actually had some of those moments. This is silly, but where, like, you're, it's a day you just want, you're supposed to like have sun for some some event or whatever, and it starts raining. Yeah, and you're like, oh great, great Lord, that's just great. <laughs> and then your car doesn't start. Yeah, and then it... this is just perfect, brilliant. You know, and yep. obviously it's yep. just just life, but the moments where it goes a little deeper than just me being, you know childish i guess in my response although i think we're allowed like they're that's the psalms are full we've talked about that you not only get to doubt and he won't run away from you he will give you the words to doubt in the psalms psalm 10 Mm -hmm. i was just standing there this morning and it was like why are you taking so long why are you hiding just that's how it started it was like there you go right right away like why are you hiding why are you taking so long um but i think it's the the deeper places of when we like as a family went through miscarriages um Mm -hmm. when my grandfather was hit by a car and and killed in front of his house um you know those are the things where you i don't know the sort of the it's like so shocking that you don't have words to say not really sure what to say to the Lord. So I'm with you. You're not doubting his existence. I'm probably doubting his plan and his way of carrying it out in my life. Yeah. Like for me, the doubt is always going to be rooted into my view of God when I wasn't saved. Okay. Like that, like, in fact, I, I, I preach like this past Sunday, I was preaching on enjoying God and I was reflecting on my early church days, mm-hmm. and and I was just 
playing around with the idea. It's like, why doesn't church ever feel joyful? <laughs> like, mm. and why does this thought of like enjoying God feel wrong? You know, like, does God want us to enjoy him? And, and, and I was just sharing my journey because I came to the conclusion before I became a Christian that God is real, but he's cruel because he's always dangling a carrot in front of us with the, the sole intent just to motivate us to be good people, but to actually never give us the carrot. Yeah. So when, and so it's like, I just didn't believe that God was good. And so when I'm in serious, serious storms where doubt is arising, it's more of a, I doubt his goodness. Mm-hmm. I doubt his love. I doubt that he actually cares. Of course he would do this. What else did I do wrong? Everybody else will get good things, but not me. And it's like, and I just start yeah. to put his character on trial it, it, in a way. And so I'm doubting hmm. his his goodness, his heart. Does he yeah. really love me? Like that's the part what happens. And I think that's a pretty normal yes. thing, right? Like in storms and pain, like isn't like the problem of pain to C.S. Lewis book, which is remarkable. Um, but it's God, just like- God in the dock. Um, yeah. Which is, the dock is the British version of get on the stand and- so basically putting God in a courtroom on trial to answer yeah. for what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, like, like, so that's, that's where it's like, for me, that is when it's very vibrant mm-hmm. doubt, doubt is, if that's even a good word to use for doubt. Um, just like, what what will I believe about his character in his yeah. heart? I, I think the working through in our minds, like, cause we're trying to apply our, um, temporal logic and the way we do things, the way we work through things, um, it, over the course of, you know, whatever, like when you're younger, when you're trying to do something, something that's difficult, like there's like, there's kind of acceptable frameworks that we have for this is okay, but this is not okay. <laughs> like it's all yeah. like at some point you're pushed over the edge. Um, and so our faith is, it's built and talks about suffering, it talks about going through difficult things. We know that's part of being in the world, but there's always a breaking point for each of us. Uh, and I definitely f- feel that place. You, you mentioned Lewis, you made me remember, um, and I'm. We, we were talking before we started recording here about our um, different you, you and your wife with Krista, your different tastes in movies and stuff. And Lisa and I are definitely, we have some things we like together, but there are other ones like, and particularly sad, dark, dramatic movies. I love, I love, and, and I, and I'm just like, okay, I just want to feel this. And Lisa's like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> but one of them is called God on trial. And mm. it is in, uh, a concentration camp in Auschwitz and the prisoners the put God on in a real trial in the bunkhouse. And so you have rabbis that are on the side of he's guilty. God is guilty for this, the Holocaust mm-hmm. for what's happening. Um, and they got this idea from Elie Wiesel's book night where he writes about the Holocaust mm-hmm. and Elie Wiesel says in that book, he's talking about a moment where um, someone had taken their life in the middle of the night um, and basically had had hung themselves. And he said, somebody said, where was God 
you know, where is God? And he said, he died right there. He died right there. Mm. And it, he never recovered. Like that, that's such an interesting thing. You do, you contrast somebody like Elie Wiesel and Corey Ten Boom, who was a Christian and in the Holocaust and survived and then went on to do ministry. And so, but anyway, the idea for that trial was that God was guilty um, but they went through the whole thing, present evidence, all these things. What was really interesting was the rabbis were the ones who were most vehemently, like, just angry with God. And mm. it, there was, there's a one, there's one scene with this guy who's not a rabbi, and he had had two of his children had been killed. His wife was gone. He was left, and. He actually said this really beautiful moment. He said, I believe God is here. And they were like, what? I mean, it's just like the whole room erupts. And he starts quoting this psalm about uh, rising on the wings of the dawn. Well, he, as he does it, he like puts his hand on his head and he covers his head because Jews cover mm. their head when the scripture is read. And And he says, I sense him on my shoulders in the morning when the sun peeks through the window and and it's just I was like this is stunning here's the guy who's not the expert who is speaking the deeper truths of scripture and the rabbis have just given up like this God is guilty mm. forget it but I, I just find that just like the this powerful to me and there was a simplicity yeah. to his response I'm not saying I have it but I was compelled yeah, I was right. compelled by his response if faith is the way to please God, and if our faith is of greater worth than gold, like, how do we not take these moments of darkness mm -hmm. and struggle in the midst of doubt and be tempted to go towards unbelief, but to go, like, I hate, you know, I see if I can get my words around this, but it's like, I hate it when people are like, you know, just, just ask the Lord what he's doing in this moment. That cliche, but it's true-ish. Yep. You know, yeah. how is he? Like, how is he working things here? Yeah, it, it's always like, okay, like, is how is this producing faith? Like, how is yeah. he using the seedbed of doubt to catapult us into faith? Mm -hmm. Because this whole scene—that's what I'm looking at. It's just like none of them, none of them in that moment are showcasing a life of faith. They're all embracing doubt and probably. Yeah borderline unbelief because they're like you don't care hmm. right that's a statement of like that's not true <laughs> you know yeah. like of course he cares you know so it's like yeah the I navigating the, his heart and character the passage here um where he you know teacher don't you care that we're going to die he got up rebuked the wind said to the sea silence be still the wind ceased there was a great calm then he said to them why are you afraid do you still have no faith and they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. It's Mark 4, 35. Um, the, I think there's probably other versions in the other gospels. But yeah. um, I got Matthew 8 up right now. Does that one and do is, little faith? It, Does that say little? Yeah, it says, why are you afraid you of little faith? You of little faith. So uh, this is a legitimate question for a new place in my heart. Um, and I am, I think I've, I've probably, this is where God is, moving in my heart with the things that I was probably like hammering down as certain, you know, and that would be some of the reformed type of upbringing I had reformed teaching. Um, and I wouldn't identify as a reformed 
believer. I would just identify as a believer in Jesus. Um, and I think I can, I've gleaned and pulled the, the beautiful things that are from the Reformed faith. But some of the stuff that is difficult is a, a Reformed person might be like, faith is a gift. And that there's a verse that says that faith is a gift. Mm-hmm. And so how how do you hold faith as a gift and Jesus asking a question, why do you have little faith? Or, you know, in this one, do you still have no faith? Um, yeah. And, and seriously, like apart from the reformed, meh, yeah. just like, how do we, how do we hold that? Those two pit verses. If that's what I'm supposed to do in a moment of doubt is really think about my faith. What do you do with it? I, I don't, I don't, um, first, I'm going to go back into, I remember going through the little faith passages in seminary. Um, when I was a, a New Testament Greek TA, that was fun. Hey, um, And just digging into that and just realizing that we read those oftentimes as like a stern rebuke, mm-hmm. like you have little faith. And that's not really the posture. It was more of a... The wind got the rebuke, um, not the disciples. Yes, the wind got the rebuke. So it's like, it's like, uh, let's just, like, I was just thinking about this. Like, I remember when I was teaching Braden how to ride a bike, you know, and, and I was like, dude, I'm right here. I'm with you. This, you know, and, and then when he, when I let go, he panics and looks back and gets all nervous and falls. Yeah. And, and it was just like, for me to come back into him and be like, to rebuke him, how, I told you. That I, you could trust me, yeah. you have little faith. Like, no, it was more like, hey, bud, I, I let go because mm. I, you, you know, so I've, it's more of a parental exhorting or calling up feeling yeah. than, than a rebuke. Because the other one is like Peter walking on the water. Like, Peter actually exuded a lot of faith in comparison to the others. Mm-hmm. And then Peter gets the, saw you the have little faith. Yeah, we saw the wind and the waves. Right. But it wasn't. It wasn't a. How dare you? Can't believe you. It was more of a. Man, come on, eyes here. Yeah. Next, you know, it's more than that. So, that makes so faith is a gift. I think because anything that we have, in terms of our relationship with the Lord, is a gift. Yeah. Ultimately, like we love because He first loved, you know. But there's there's that tension of responsibility. Or Philippians, two, work out your salvation. Mm. With fear and trembling, for it is, for it is God who causes and wills you to act according. So it's like there's a impetus that like stirs within, mm-hmm. but then we choose to respond to yeah. to that. Like we can still choose not to respond to that or choose to respond to it. And so these are moments where I'm thinking the Lord's mm-hmm. like teaching them how to respond in the positive instead of the negative. Yeah. So the gift so is like that's there for the opening. And the taking and the using, yes. but you can yes. decide not to utilize it or open it. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I like that. Like, I don't. I mean, otherwise, there's no autonomy. There's no free will, right? You, you know, and it's just like, why else would we go through trials for our faith to be refined, mm-hmm. right? And there's a there's a, a a dual process. He gives us the faith, and now we have to exercise it and work it and moments of we choose to, it's moments we choose not to. Yeah. And, and I think these are moments of where they should have and didn't. And now it's like a, 
a correction, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you have a little faith, there's some faith, there's some faith. He's giving them, he's encouraging them, like, you have a little. Yeah. Right? Like, you got in the boat with me, you're following mm-hmm. me, that's awesome. Let me now show you more of who I am. They didn't know that Jesus had control over the wind and sea. Also, that's why they're like, whoa, mm. you're more than we thought. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, now they got another revelation of who he is, which is a gift. Now they can operate their faith in kind yeah. to knowing who he is. If he can speak a word to the storms out there mm-hmm. and bring calmness, then he can do the same with me mm-hmm. in my internal angst and storm. So it's like, okay, now that I know this of him, that has to be true of this and here too. So will I? can I trust him that even though he's my good shepherd and leading me through the valley of the shadow of death, he's still my good shepherd and he's leading me to greener pastures or whatever. And there's a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. It's like, mm. we need the, these storms to be able to go, he can control this in me. So like, I think these types of experiences. So well, you were just even saying, it's like uh, with your, <laughs> I don't want to pull up things that you're not, willing to share or wanting to share, but like in your present wrestling yep. right now. Yep. Doubting like some the doubt thoughts specific, that were there. Yeah. Specific doubts right now and, always relate to like, am I, I mean, am I any good at life? <laughs> am I any good at my job yeah. at being a dad, a husband, anything I'm trying to do that's new? Is this all just, am I, have I just been like slipped into all these things kind of accidentally and, any moment, somebody's going to say, you're not good at any of this. You're going to like, yeah, those are, those doubts wrestle all the time with them. And then you said, like, I, I was like, well, how are you, you know, handling or managing that or processing yeah. that? And you were like, not, <laughs> I catch it. Well, you're like, no, you're like, I know it's not true. So I yes. catch it. I, you know, talk about it, bring it to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, that's part of like, it's it that knowing that Jesus can calm that, that storm, like yeah. the gap between moving towards him and not moving towards him shrinks over time. Yes. You know, through experience. And so like... Yeah, I was just reading in Ephesians yesterday about, um, and you know how you read something and it's, you've read it so many times, but then you you sense a new understanding in your own heart. And it was the part about how the, you've been given an inheritance, um and you, mm. you, it just those opening wonderful lines from Ephesians where talking about the inheritance we have in the kingdom. And then just something that I was like, what? I've never thought of that. It said, and the Holy Spirit has been given as a down payment for that inheritance. Meaning, mm. what's the inheritance? The inheritance is God himself. That's what you're getting. That That's, that's what yeah. you look forward. And so to your point... When I doubt my own identity uh, in Jesus or even my own abilities in life and relationships and things like that, the Holy Spirit messes with me and does not let me Mm. take that line of thinking too far. He's got too strong of a hold on my heart and my conscience. So then I, yeah, I'll I'll even ask, um, I think I've done this with you, I ask Lisa all the time. All right, here's what I'm thinking and believing today. I know it's not true. 
tell me what's true. <laughs> Remind me again mm-hmm. what's true, which makes me think about uh, Yancey talking about uh, you need uh, doubt partners. You need like people who will partner yeah. with you in doubt. Um, the thing I was thinking about was how Jesus responds in each of these little passages that we found where it's clear they're doubting. They're doubting. They have little faith. They're doubting. Um, I, I think it's pretty amazing that the first thing he does is to say, hey, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's 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 mm-hmm. talk about what you're thinking and feeling. He And so the questions, you know, we, we mentioned that in our last episode, yeah. he fires away the questions. Like, here's, you know, where is your faith? Why are you afraid? Um, why did you, why did you doubt? And, and that's one of the best questions. And one of my least favorite when I'm, I'm, I'm struggling is when somebody goes, why do you think you did? Yeah. Why do you think you did that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Like, so that, that's, yes, it's hilarious. But like, I also find on the flip side, like the, the audacity of the question sometimes that Jesus asks, mm. like he knows the answer. Like, f- like for instance, okay, why did Peter doubt <laughs> when he was walking on the water? He saw the wind and the waves. Well, yeah, he's not used to that. And and um, this is not normal. Yeah, you know, walking on water is not what we do. You know, right. so it's like this is not resurrection from the not, dead is not what we do. Uh, Right. So it's like, so there is like, I kind of imagine like Jesus isn't like, you know, like in complete shock. I think he's just like, well, why did you doubt? Kind of like, I know this is, this is crazy, you know, but it's like, that's the point. Mm -hmm. I'm over it all. I'm above it all. So it's like, yeah, the wind and the waves is enough to like freak me out. But man, just getting out of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like the, or even to have the audacity for Peter, like when he sees Jesus, like, if it's you, command me to come. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, Peter, did you just realize what you just said? Hmm. Because if he says come and you don't, you're disobedient, you know, you're yeah. not being obedient. But it's just like, and Jesus says, all right, come. And like, God, that first step. <laughs> Peter's personality and his way of, doing things is uh, remains one of my favorite things of about the new testament it's just his because that's like that's an awesome story to tell mm-hmm. that you not only did that but that you said that you had the audacity to say command me to come i, I mean you you have to wonder if some of the disciples were like no wait i want to do that or, or that that it was like that that they would have been the one to have that story, um, so just in thinking about Jesus responding to Peter, first thing he does, which is awesome, he immediately reaches out his hand and grabs him. Yeah. Um. And so there's not like you're sinking and the water's coming up over his head and he's Jesus is not going. Why are you doubting me? He's actually reaching for him. <laughs> He's helping him out of the water, yeah, saving him from drowning, and then the conversation happens. Um, yeah, I don't know how we apply that now, like, especially when we want things to not be happening that we're where we're doubting God. Um, but it's there, at least in Peter's story. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, again, I mean, this was not a wasted moment for Jesus. Like he knew the context. 
you know, like he knew that there'd be a storm. He watched them. He was watching them struggle, Yeah, you know, as he was praying and, and he knew that they would probably freak out if they see someone walking on the water. Cause again, not normal. In fact, my favorite part of that story is Mark's version, hmm. or I think it's Mark or John's version where they said that in Jesus intended to pass them by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Hey guys, I'll see you on the other side. You know, like yeah. what, what was that? It, 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 and so then like Peter saying, okay, come on, like call me out. And he does it. Like, this is one of those, like Jesus is refining faith moments. Yeah. And so like, that's where I go. Okay. Even if the storm is not an intentional design of God's sovereignty to do something in our faith, we know because scripture says it, that he turns all things out for the good and nothing's wasted with him. So like, who is he in that storm? What is he pulling out in the storm? Yeah. And even if we choose to more move and lean harder into doubt, maybe even into unbelief, this that's the part I love. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Immediately, he did it. And then I'm always like, when did he actually say this? Like, the you have little faith. Mm. Like, just, like, just a thought of he's bending down and grabbing him. So, I mean, it's pretty close, you know, face to face. And did he say it like right as he brought him up? It was kind of like, I could picture just holding him by his shoulders, you know, because Peter's got to be freaking out. They're still on the water. Or that was the thing I think about. They're still still on the water. water. They're not in the boat. (laughs) Right? Right. Because verse 32, when they got in the boat. Yeah. Right. So it's like this conversation happened on the water, which the other disciples more than likely didn't hear because the storm Mm -hmm. is still happening. So you probably pulled like the winds didn't cease. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, that is my experience with how God shepherds my heart in doubt mm-hmm. is that he pulls me in close. Yeah. At some point, even in the midst of the crap, in the midst of the storm, at some point when I feel like I'm drowning, that's when I always notice the Lord's like, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. You know, what like just a redirect. And that's where I'm like, man, Lord, thank you for that, because that actually strengthens my faith because now I'm getting to see his heart again. Mm-hmm. Like you were doing something, I missed it. And even in the midst, you're such a good God and merciful God that you rescued me immediately. And you're like encouraging me as a father would a son yeah. or a daughter. Knowing what was happening, he invited him to do it anyway. Knowing yeah. he and Thomas demanded, I will not believe unless I can touch him. And so Jesus shows up and says, here, here. Now, then he moves to don't, you know, stop disbelieving, basically, like, believe in me now. Um, yeah. Have faith now. But I, I think it's it says a lot about his compassion and it kind of tags on to, mm-hmm. you know, your way of him pulling him in close and that he's he doesn't just say, hey, we're not going to be about this. We're not going to be, don't you doubt me. Like he doesn't, he's not harsh in that way. It's almost like, all right, kind of, the, you know, to also the thing of him trying to maybe potentially walk past the boat. This is going to be good. This is going to be key part yeah. of your growth and development. Would you, do you have a story yeah. from uh, your life where you would say you went through really strong doubt stuff and came out on the other side? saying, whoa, that is a quite a change in me. I haven't gone through that and doubted and then 
have seen the Lord strengthen me. Yes. Um, the one that comes immediately to mind um, is years ago when I was a younger believer in the fear of um, confessing hmm. certain sins, you know, like you just want to keep it close because you're afraid of how people are going to see you or think of you. And, and, and I remember the battle, it was like the Lord's um, weight of conviction was so heavy on me. And it, was just, it was just like the Lord was saying, you have to bring this into light. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, and the whole time I'm wrestling like, you know, because you just want to punish me. And if I bring it into the light, it's going to create a storm and you just want to see me miserable and you just like a weird punishment. So no, I'll just keep this in, I'll hide it. And, and it was just like this wrestling of like doubting his character in in that. So it's not like a walking on the water scenario, even though it felt like it, because to choose to bring it into the light, it was like, I was choosing to believe that this is where healing was going to happen because mm-hmm. when you confess your sins, you'll be healed. You know, it's like bringing things into the light, letting God's grace and forgiveness come. And so it's like, I mean, I wrestled for days and weeks mm-hmm. on that. And so it just then led me to go, you know what? One of the, just this, one of the phrases that I have values in my life is like knowing that the Lord always leads to life. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that came out of that season of just going, if he's convicting me of sin, it's because he wants to lead me to life. Yeah. And so until I did, I didn't experience that. Like there was, I had to go through some of that deeper, darker crap mm-hmm. of confessing to learn that, no, this is right. This is what he wants to do. Yeah. And it, it, it was probably like, to be honest, it was probably like a three to four year process. Mm. And there'd be like wrestling matches where God's like, this sin needs to be confessed. No, no, we're not. No, I'll just handle it, and I would yeah. control it, and then the conviction would diso- dissipate for a while, and then it would come back in, and God's like, okay, how about now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, you're like, no, 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 I'll wrestle, put it away, and then you forget about it, and then it comes back again, and you're just like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to choose this. So the doubt was doubting God's character and doubting what he says would happen if you did. But you would say yep. now those things are a little more solidified in your heart of, no, yep. no, I know his character. I know what happens when you actually... Yep. yep. That's good, man. I think for me, yeah. the the one I think about is um, for sure, as it has dealt with pain and loss... Um, with family members and for sure, you know, and you've heard me talk about this before, but when we went through miscarriages and I just was, I mean, I actually remember the moment driving home, um, when Lisa called and it was happening and, and, you know, we were just, it was so painful and I was so angry. And I Mm -hmm. like, I remember I had the, I was driving a forerunner, old forerunner, and I just I was flooring it like just in, I was so angry. And I remember on the way home, I'm like, I'm yelling, don't you do this. Don't you do this. And it's like, like, and I was just like, I didn't even care if I crashed. It was just this crazy moment. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're, and then you have friends coming over and you're praying and how could this be your way? How could this be your way? And so, um, 
not saying whether God causes those things or not. I think we live in a fallen world. Um, but I do believe that he makes things good. And so the, you know, it was just more, the answer came in a person that came in Caleb, my son. Mm. Caleb would not be on the planet if that mm. other glory baby had not gone on to be home with Jesus. And so I still don't like it. You know, I take both. Yeah. I'll take both, Lord. I'll take both. But the timing of it, though, would mean I wouldn't know my son. And so it's yeah. just an interesting, it, like, it, it was a very, it's still painful. I don't, it's not like Band-Aid scriptures and stuff on it where you're like, oh, it's okay. God works everything for good. It's, it's really painful, but it's, in the end, he is good. He knows and he's, yeah. he can make things good and he's kind. Um, but yeah, those, those. Not that those don't spring up again. They do when there's there's difficult things. And yep. and honestly, I don't know if you have these. They're kind of lines. Do you have these lines in your life where you're almost like, just don't touch this? Lord, if, if you... No, never. Yeah. So if you... Which I don't... I, I know he's good, and I know enough from the words of Scripture that he would walk me through anything, but there are definitely lines that I'm like, oh, please, please don't make an example of me <laughs> and my family <laughs> in this, you know, not yeah. even that's wrong thinking and that's wrong theology, but you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, please, please, yeah, yeah. please don't. Like, like, can we just hold off? And, you know, there are people who have gone through worse things and are going through worse things yeah. who are still yeah. standing in their faith with Jesus and I can learn from them and grow, but... Yeah, there's still I still have these like do not cross, do not touch, do not pass go, Jesus. <laughs> like you cannot yeah. come to this. Or thing. even sometimes or even sometimes like the superstitious stuff of like <laughs> it's bad theology, like don't pray for patience. Hmm. You know, don't don't pray for patience because God's gonna like, maybe. Yeah. You know, like you just start to think the worst and like I like I've I've totally have done this before. Hmm. Like and it's almost embarrassing to say it like years and years ago, I'd be like, I'm not going to read the book of Job. I'm just not going to, because I'm afraid it's going to happen to me. So I'm not going to, because yeah. I'm afraid if I read it, God's going to want to teach me some things and it's going to have to make it applicable to me. I was just like, yeah. nope, no thing. I'll just sing Matt Reitman songs all day long and it'll be good. <laughs> There's my study of Job, <laughs> you know, but it's just like, yeah, you know, it's like, no, God, God is good in it all. And I, and like, I think, the phrase God is good only takes on true beauty when you experience his goodness after a season of doubt. Mm -hmm. That's true. Right? Because otherwise it's just passe and it's just like, yeah, God is good, good all the time, yeah. all the time. God is good. But like, man, no, this was hard. It's still hard and he's still good. Mm -hmm. And he knows it and he weeps with me. He cries with me. He rejoices with me. Yeah. And it's just like, Lord, you, you are so good. And so it's like, I, my my takeaway of all of the little faith statements is like it's like Jesus is pleased with their faith, but he's not satisfied with where it's at. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's a beautiful understanding because he wants us to know him more and understand him more because that's that's the greatest thing we have yeah, is man. him. So it's not easy. By no means, always, but I think God is good. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I think we've talked enough about it to we would both probably agree that it's an integral part of our 
faith Perhaps, yes. journey. Um, and it's not the opposite of faith. Um, I think I would say more unbelief, which seems like unbelief, it kind of gets to, uh, I'm going to not believe. <laughs> like I, I was listening mm-hmm. to a clip of Tim Keller. Somebody asked him, like, how can you believe in this? And he, he was that classic line of, I think it takes just as much faith to not believe. It's like your your oh, your faith is just just as strong. It's just anchored in disbelief, and so I was like, "That's a that's a kind of a profound statement that it does take a lot to to go there, and you almost have to exert your will, your sinful will, to say, I am going to reject this because it's yeah.' I think the spirit is calling and beckoning us through those doubts to respond and. Yeah, and all these stories, Jesus is, you know, you mentioned John the Baptist in our first episode, um, but he's he's so he's just so good in every one of them. He he doesn't doesn't yeah. unnecessarily go anywhere in a conversation with somebody. It's always spot on and working working wonders. We are yeah. his. What is it? Uh, his poems, his poema. We are his workmanship, um, and so he's yeah. There's some dark lines. There's some dark lines. <laughs> some difficult phrases that, yeah. that have to complete the poem and yep. make it beautiful. You got any closing thoughts yeah. on this whole thing? Sure. I can make it a closing thought. Why don't you do it? Um I I think it's a it's a dangerous theology that's out there that's cloaked in the health and wealth thing that um like we we struggle with a theology of suffering, mm-hmm. you know. It's like no, we see suffering as we did something wrong, um, or God is unjust, or whatever it is. And I remember engaging with someone who did not believe that God would cause, like, would allow us to suffer, mm. you know, like go through a trial or a fire. And I was just like, well, not to be crude, but man, you need to read scripture. Like that, that's pretty there. But what I wanted to encourage. Uh, you know, those that are listening and even ourselves, like Isaiah 43 to me is like a beautiful way just to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. In Isaiah 43, verse one through three, do not fear for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name, you're mine. And and so it's these next lines. It's like speaking inevitables, but here's what I need you to choose, right? Mm. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Like, well, you're going to pass through the waters mm-hmm. and, and the rivers will not overwhelm you, even though you think they will. And when you walk through the fire, <laughs> Ooh, yay, not around it, <laughs> but when you walk through it, mm. you will not be scorched and the flame will not burn you for I'm the Lord, your God. Mm. The, these things happen. Right. And so he, he knows it and he expects it. And yet he wants us to see him in and through it. So mm-hmm. that's his, his role which is the gift of faith, and then it's our job to respond to that in kind. So, Yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are with Yancey, Philip Yancey, and we would say to everybody, um, doubt is, is a really important part of your walk with Jesus, but also doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. It's a, it's a good thing. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear feedback. This has been Unfinished People, episode 14, a little two-part series on doubt. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.